When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is uh, Mariana Rivera coming on the show now? Did I miss something? Oh, the great Frank Morano, who I have dubbed one of the great talents here in New York. In my opinion, matters more than anybody, trust me, because I am a great talent. Mm. He is, uh, he's great on the radio. His show, The Other Side of Midnight, is terrific. He discusses everything from politics to uh, UFOs, which is weird. And, um, you know, he That's thinks, right. uh, uh, what's his name, he's a great actor, Bill Shatner. That's kind of weird. But The uh, greatest. The greatest actor ever? The greatest Canadian thespian We've ever seen. Is it Michael J. Fox from Canada? I, I, I will take William Shatner's acting chops over Michael J. Fox any day. Of You're the out week. of your mind. Uh, well, you, you think Captain Kirk was a better TV character than Alex P. Foley? He, Alex P. Keaton. Uh, Keaton excuse me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who Alex P. Who's Foley Alex is. Foley, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Axel Foley's cousin. So there you go. But yeah. um, Alex Keaton and is Michael J. Fox. He's the same character in everything. No, he plays. he's not. Yes, he is. No, you're gonna tell me Bright Lights, Big City, where he's blowing lines at Studio 54, <laughs> is the same as. Back to the Future? Uh, you want to? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to put Mar- Marty? You want to put Marty McFly in that Keaton household? It's seamless. Well, you're right. Exactly. I mean, Bill Shatner has done so many different great roles. I can think of uh, oh none. Uh, how about Denny Crane? I'm sorry, on Denny Crane, Emmy Award winning role on Boston Legal. Oh God, nobody watched that show. No, that not is even not James true. Spader. That is not true. Terrible. What else? H- how about T.J. Hooker? Oh, you got to stop it. What? The only people people watch that show because of Heather Locklear. That was it. What? Only because of Heather. That's uh, it. So he was great you, as T.J. Hooker. You mentioned Captain Kirk. Yeah, that was uh, awful. How about his role as the MC in the Miscongeniality right, movies? Move on. This is just yes. ridiculous. My God, he, he's one of the worst actors this is ever. Not true. Not and true. Now, Shame now, on see, you. now I've gone back with Danielle to watch. Because I've made this definitive statement. And yeah. when I do that, I have to at least make sure I'm correct. It's so I've gone back actor. to watch some of the Star Trek episodes lately. I am doubling down. He's the worst oh, television stop. actor ever. And he's, ever. In the, he's in this new movie now with Christopher Lloyd Nobody that I cares. just watched, oh, uh, which, was, which was quite good. You know, I actually saw a movie with Christopher Lloyd last week, which was great. And it's called The Tender Bar. I saw that. That's the uh, George Clooney director. Yes. Film. And, and for some reason, I know that Hollywood hates Ben Affleck. I know they hate him. Ben Affleck was brilliant. He should have been nominated for Academy Award. And George Clooney, neither one was. Neither one was. All right, well, it was a good movie. Oh, Ben Affleck was great. Not good. <laughs> oh, no, that's a good movie, but Bill Shatner's a great actor. Well, I'm Talking to Leonard Nimoy Shatner, about some fictional you know, uh, uh, alien. Shatner and Christopher Lloyd are in the film Senior Moment together, which is very much a reunion for them because you'll recall, Sid, they were in the movie Star Trek III, The Search for Spock together. No, I don't remember that at all. Yes. I remember The Wrath of Khan was uh, Ricardo uh, that Montalban. That was a good one, Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> that was a good uh, Shatner one. and Ricardo Montalban actually never were together. In well, that. you can tell. It was awful. Uh, and this movie <laughs> you're talking about now sounds a lot like a Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau type of thing. Uh, it is a little Old bit man. Like it. It is, so it, they've done this exactly. before. Yeah, but that's right. okay. Old okay. people need movies, too. Yeah, I got you. All right, tell me uh, this. Yes. Justin Ellick asked me this question today. Oh, and you're much smarter than I am. Hmm. Kathy Hochul was nominated yesterday. Correct. By the Democrat Party. Right. Don't lie. For, what's that? Don't lie. Don't lie about what? I didn't ask you this yes, question. Yes, you did. You asked me this question. No, no, you asked this question of Frankie Diaz. After you asked me the question. Don't worry about the order of things. Right. Okay, so here's the It's thing. like the old lady that swallowed a fly. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she's nominated now as uh, for governor. Correct. Does that mean that no other Democrat's going to run against her? No. It's an excellent question, though, that oh, Justin but so now, had. Now that it's a good question, yes. now it's yours, uh, right, Justin? Because no. th- this has to do with the arcane nature of New York's election law. So... Uh, no, no Democrat can run against her unless they get signatures. Now, wow. had Jamani Williams or Tom Swazi gotten 25 percent of the vote yesterday, and the Republicans are going to go through this with their convention, had they gotten 25 percent of the vote, they'd be automatically entitled to a spot in the primary without getting signatures. So now, Jamani Williams and Tom Swazi and anyone else that wants to run, they have to go out and collect a minimum of 15,000 signatures from registered Democrats. 15,000. To get on the ballot, yes. And, and is, it, is it likely? Is it possible? Yes, very, uh, it's, if both of them make an effort, they can both do it. But Absolutely. neither one really has a chance of winning. Uh, you wouldn't think so, but, you know, it's any given Sunday, right? So you have Hochul, uh, you have uh, Jamani who's running squarely to the left, right? He's trying to occupy that progressive wing. You have Swazi, such as it exists, he's trying to occupy the conservative Democratic lane. Right. And then you have Hochul who st- refuses to take a position on anything, <laughs> so she's squarely in the middle between Maybe the Maybe missionary. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. That's a position. And Mr. Hochul. Only on the Bernie and Sid of the Morning Show. We get that type of analysis. All right, so she gets the nomination. Yes. 15,000 signatures can get anybody in, basically, as right. long as you're a registered Democrat. Right. And we, we're looking at Swazi. We're looking at, uh, uh, what's his name? Jumani Williams. Williams. Right. Who else? Um, I think those are going to be the big three, unless there's some Lyndon LaRouche style. There's, there's no race, then. Those other two are well, losers. Well, don't, be, don't be so sure, right? So Jamani Williams, well, I mean, as, the, as the lone black candidate in the race. Oh, get out of here. He is, he, you know, there's going to be some oxygen there. The other race that I think is going to be very interesting is the race for lieutenant governor. Because Swazi's running mate, Diana Reyna, is very capable. She's Hispanic. She's from Brooklyn. And she's running against somebody that has not really won any major elections, Brian Benjamin. So you could have a situation because in New York, they run separately for governor and lieutenant governor in the primary, but together in the general election. You could have a situation where where Kathy Hochul wins the primary and her running mate loses the primary and she ends up with Tom Swazi's running mate. That's happened before. Wow. Uh, remember, Mario Cuomo selected as his running mate in 1982 Carl McCall. McCall right. didn't win the primary. I think yeah. it was uh, Stan the Invisible Man Lundeen that won that primary. <laughs> so he ended up with a running mate that was not of his choosing. That could happen. That's a very realistic possibility this year. You're a genius. Well, I'm not a genius. No, you are. I'm watching you do this. I'm one of the going, few people that actually care about No, but you, you, you know your stuff. It's incredible. And I'm watching you do this, and I'm going, if you were doing this naked, this is probably the first time you and Rachel made love. That's you, right. You were talking about That's all right. these things. That's right. And you were naked. That's and, right. And you made love. Is that right? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Nothing gets her hotter than uh, hearing about... Uh, who Tom Swazi's running mate is uh, is going to be. No, but that, that's a great thing. You've actually educated the audience and me for that. Yeah, so and, thank you very much. And the Republicans, and I know we have a lot of people in the audience that are Republican primary voters, they're going to go through this whole thing as well. And I imagine it's going to be pretty similar. Lee Zeldin, he has a heavy, heavy advantage among the state committee votes. So if Andrew Giuliani... Or uh, Rob Astorino want to get want to get the signatures. They're going to have to get fifteen thousand signatures each in order to get on the ballot for that primary. You think Rob Astorino? That's uh, who Bernie has endorsed, and I like Rob very very much. Great guy, Dolphin fan, Westchester, all that good stuff. Uh, he was the first one to see these planes bringing in the migrants to Westchester Airport. He's a terrific guy. But does he belong in the same sentence as Zeldin and Giuliani in terms of being that competitive in the race? I, I personally don't think so. I, I don't. Li- I like Rob too. He used to work, you know, on the same floor as us when. 
and he was at ESPN, and we all shared, you know, an office space. But he lost re-election, right? He already lost the governor's race once. And then in addition to losing the county executive spot, he lost a state Senate seat. So if he can't even win a purple state Senate seat, I think it's going to be a very tough case to make to Republican primary voters that he's the best situated candidate to run in the general election. I totally agree. To me, it's a two-man race. It's Lee Zeldin versus Andrew Giuliani. That is a tough, tough race. Right now, I've got to handicap it. Who do you think wins? I, I and it's not because his dad is our colleague, I think Andrew Giuliani ends up winning. You do? I, I do. And uh, I think that name recognition, even though it's the elder Giuliani's uh, name recognition, I think it counts for a lot in places like Staten Island, where there's a heavy Republican turnout, that name Giuliani opens a lot of doors. So even though Zeldin has all the institutional support, I think Andrew Giuliani is really going to uh, do really well. And with Harry Wilson in this race, who's got a lot of money. Why do you keep mentioning Harry Wilson? Well, because money matters in <laughs> you, politics. You, like, text me. You're like, and don't be sleeping on Harry Wilson. Well, I'm like, who? So money matters in politics. <laughs> I know, Mookie Wilson. <laughs> and, and Harry Wilson has it. So I think Harry Wilson's support, because there's no ranked choice voting in the primary for governor, Harry Wilson's support comes mostly from Zeldin, uh, because that's institutional support. Whereas Andrew Giuliani, you're more likely to be sort of a, a, a guy that wants to tear down the whole party establishment if you're for him. Has Vito Fasella already distinguished himself as the greatest Staten Island borough president ever? Uh, look, Vito's doing a great job. But to say is he the greatest <laughs> ever, I'm not going to well, go What do you mean he's far. doing a great job? Like what, what does he do on a daily basis that you can say that? Uh, well, the big issue is leading the fight against non-citizen voting. He filed this lawsuit to stop this non-citizen voting bill that the city council uh, that the city council adopted. That's pretty significant. Borough presidents don't have a lot of power. And at this point, he's the highest ranking Republican elected official in the city. And he's shown real leadership on that issue of the non-citizen voting. Do you feel like if you are not chosen to throw out the very first pitch ever <laughs> at a Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball game, that that would be a uh, a huge miss by John Katz and Matidis no, and the group that owns the baseball no, team. No, I, I would assume that they could get somebody better than me for the but, first but, but, game. But, 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 who, who's bigger on Staten Island than you? Well, I don't understand. I, look, you got Joe, uh, Joe Rally, you got Vito Vassell, Teddy Atlas, absolutely right. does a great job with Who's that your foundation. friend with the, uh, with the zoot suit? Uh, uh, which one? He's running for Comptroller, I think. It uh, 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 looks like a mobster. Oh, uh, John Tobacco. Right, him. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Romoros. You know who lives on Staten Island? The uh, Lyle Wilpon, who's actually the nephew of Fred Wilpon. Oh, I didn't know that. His family. Oh. They were like Toad Hill and Slauson or something but, like you that. You know, uh, that is uh, that is yeah. something. Fred had some great stories. Uh, I worked for Fred briefly when he owned the Brooklyn Cyclones, and I worked for the Cyclones. Yeah. Fred had some great stories about uh, growing up with Sandy Koufax and oh, had yes. a great sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Gary Perone lives on Staten that, Island. Yeah, that's for sure. I believe you should be the one, though. I believe nah, you. I, 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 I think they should give me a game that nobody cares about. But you do want a game. You do believe you're... Oh. you're you should throw out so. the first pitch at some I, point. I'm Staten Island's favorite son. What? Absolutely. You just said you weren't. Now you said you weren't. No, I'm not the best known. Oh, okay. There are people best known. Well, how do you, but... how do you get dubbed Staten Island's favorite son? Who, who called you that? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, self-appointed? It's sort of self-proclaimed. <laughs> but here's the situation, Sid, right? You have three different categories of Staten Islanders. You have most of Staten Island who right. moved there from somewhere else. Mostly right. Brooklyn. Mostly but, Brooklyn. Right. right. So then, Most of those people are in the witness protection program. Oh, stop. That yes. is not true. Yeah. Then you, true. you have people that were born on Staten Island, but whose parents were born there, whose grandparents were born there, who are second, third, fourth, fifth generation. Then you have most of the people that I grew up with, which they're first generation Staten Islanders. And then as soon as they were able to, they moved elsewhere. They moved to Jersey, Jersey. Pennsylvania, Florida, right. wherever. They went to Manalapan and Marlboro. Exactly. And yeah. then you have me. I am the lone 
first-generation native Staten Islander who has made a conscious decision to remain on Staten Island. Wow. If so, not literally the only, then I'm statistically close to that. So the I got to tell you, uh, forget about throwing out the first pitch. Yeah. Should they rename the Verrazano Bridge? To the Frankie Morano Bridge. No, they just renamed it uh, to correct the spelling. Is that true? They did. And, uh, <laughs> and there was some people critical of, did we really need to go through the changing of the spelling for yeah. Verrazano? But that uh, argument was settled, so I don't see them changing it anytime so soon. So you really love Staten Island. Absolutely. Because, you know, the rest of the people in the other boroughs. I know. Like they Brooklyn. love to snicker yeah. at Staten Island. Yeah. Not Donald Trump, though. Donald Trump was actually at the opening of the Verrazano Bridge when it opened. He's he ni- was? 19 years old. He was there. And, uh, I, you know, I, I haven't spoken to Trump in a long time, but before he was president, he told me the story about being there, and he whoa, said... Whoa, whoa, what do you mean he told you the story? Well, I've met well, him a few times. Oh, I know no, you, you have haven't. Sure I have. Stop sure it. Have. But he what told, was the last time you hung out with Donald? What was this? this uh, uh, Trump Tower. <laughs> I mean, this is getting more ridiculous by the second. Well, I mean, do you not believe me? Uh, the of last I don't time, believe you. The last time I was with him was uh, <laughs> I, it was 2016, actually. Where? Uh, in Trump Tower, in the conference room. You were just hanging out. You and, you and no, Trump. No, I was there you for and the a Russian spy with uh, James Otto, the former Staten Island Borough president who now works with Bill de Blasio. That's true. And uh, Michael Cohen happened to be in that room. Is that right? Yes. Uh, But uh, I was there for another meeting with Joe Borelli and Donald Trump. But anyway, so Donald Trump's describing how when he was 19, they have the architect for the Verrazano Bridge, and nobody was paying any attention to him. He's sitting there uh, off on the side somewhere. Nobody's paying any attention to him. And then all these politicians are being greeted. There, Lyndon Johnson was there. Uh, he's crossing the, the bridge. And that's when he said he made the decision that he was going to put his name on everything. I love it. That's what he said. That's a great story. That is, happens to be true. That's the type of stuff you get every night on the other side of midnight. That's why I always say, and I mean this sincerely, I don't blow smoke up your ass. You are great. At radio. Great at it. That's very kind. And that's a great story. It happens to be true. So tonight you'll be with uh, the Kravitz. Kimberly Kravitz. Yeah, Kimberly and, and Kyle. Looking forward to seeing both of them. Yeah, they're a cute couple. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And then what right. else? Anything else good this weekend? Uh, what else do I have uh, How's this baby weekend? Carmine doing? He's doing great. He yeah. slept on uh, Wednesday night. He slept five hours. Wow. So I'm waiting for the field report from my wife from last <laughs> night. So uh, so we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you for stopping in this morning. Thank you. Thanks for inviting you're, me. You're always great. Frank Morano, everybody. I'm excited to hear of... the Mad Dog. Oh, yeah. He's coming on at 7-4. No, you're a big fan. Absolutely. By the way, you're in the book, you know, Citizens uh, United. He, I, I'm flattered if yeah. that's true. No, it is I true. You're in the book. I cut out of that. No, you're That's great. You're wonderful. You can uh, check that out this morning and pre-order the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Simon and & Schuster. Frank Morano, Other Side of Midnight, does a fantastic job. I love this kid. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabulaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabu Law, where winning is no accident.